Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Today, our guest is Kurt Walbeck from Outdoor Bound TV, and we're talking underwater cameras specifically for walleye fishing through the ice. Kurt, thanks for joining the show. Hey, Chris, thanks for having me on. Great to be here. Kurt, I just watched your recent episode of Outdoor Bound TV, and you were fishing in Manitoba using the Markham Quest HD camera. Tell us a little bit about that trip. Well, we were fishing on a lake called Reed Lake, which is probably one of the more popular lakes in that northern regions of Manitoba. And it's popular because it's got great lake trout, it's got great walleyes, huge pike, so really a lot of trophy fish. And it's a pretty clear body of water, so it's a great body of water for underwater cameras. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that camera, the Quest HD. Uh, why do you, did you have that along on your trip? Well, we started using the Quest HD last season, um, and we used it primarily in our Yeti wheelhouse. And, uh, you know, it's a great camera. We love the HD function. Uh, in fact, in a lot of lakes that we fish with that wheelhouse, we can drop the camera in the front of the wheelhouse, looking backwards and see everybody's bait that's fishing in the wheelhouse, uh, depending upon what body of water and how clear it is. Um, and we really last year started taking it out in a little more of a mobile situation. Uh, it's really very easy camera to take along, you know, self-powered. You don't have to do anything special for powering. Um, great camera on it. So um, the key though is it's got a neat sun visor. It goes over the screen. So really easy to see whether you're out and about and just out on the ice or in the case like we were, we were happened to be in the Otter Shack. So it really makes it easy to see the screen in those applications. I think when most people go ice fishing for walleyes, they are pretty much using sonar exclusively when they're out there chasing those walleyes. And in fact, a lot of people just, they don't think that, that walleyes want to come up to a camera. They, they kind of say that they're pretty camera shy. So why were you using a camera in that situation? Well, I'll tell you, Chris, you know, I, I was kind of a believer of that same thing that, you know, the fewer things down there for walleyes, the better. But we really started the beginning of the year prior using the camera a lot in a lot of different functions. And really what we found is that the fish were not leery of the camera. Um, you know, I was a believer that that was the case. So we didn't use it in a lot of situations, especially in clear water. And uh, what we found was exactly opposite of that. The fish were really pretty curious. In fact, for as many fish as you saw come up to the bait, almost just as many would come up and, and look at the camera. They bumped the camera a little bit. So they actually were pretty curious about it. One of the things that we've done in the past when we first started using the camera underwater for walleyes is we would just take a plastic vine and wrap it around the cord going up thinking, okay, we'll help conceal it a little bit. But frankly, we used that a few times and after that we scrapped it. We really didn't need to. Uh, very seldom did we ever see fish in the distance and then have them not approach the bait because a camera was, was right behind that. Now, one of the things we do do is depending upon the clarity of the water, we back that camera off as far as we can and still be able to see our baits. And again, you'll have to judge that based on the clarity of the water and how much light is coming down you know, under the ice. When you get a snowpack of three to four feet on top of the ice, sometimes it can really limit the amount of, of light coming down. 
but under normal circumstances, we can have that camera back sometimes six, eight, even 10 feet. And that just helps. Um, it, it helps for any of those leery fish, but we really don't see that as a problem, to be honest. What are some of the advantage of, advantages of using that camera versus using sonar when you're out there fishing? Well, there's a couple things. Number one, and probably first and foremost, when you're using your sonar, you don't know what species of fish that you're dealing with. And especially in a body like on Reed Lake, where you've got lake trout and you've got burbot, you've got whitefish, you've got pike, you've got all kinds of different species of fish. You really don't know what you're dealing with with sonar in many situations. So um, one of the things that immediately did is tell us, okay, were we wasting a lot of time trying to get a burbot to bite or, you know, where we're chasing whitefish or what we're doing. So instantly it tells you uh, what species that you're going after. The other thing is I was shocked when I first started using Markham underwater cameras of how many fish uh, would react negatively to your bait as you were moving your bait. And what I mean by that is, you know, sometimes some fish want a uh, extremely slow presentation, some want a dead stick presentation, and others want that, you know, extreme jump up and down. And what we found probably first and foremost is we were able to fine tune the presentation to what the fish wanted. Now, sometimes you get those walleyes that'll cruise in there and you don't see them coming and all of a sudden they just latch onto the bait and they're gone. And, 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 but that's pretty few and far and in between. What we found is most walleyes will kind of cruise through the water column. They'll seal the bait. They'll kind of make a loop around and then they'll come up. They may even bump it a little bit. They'll stay and look at it. Um, and you know, if you're ripping and you're jigging away, a lot of times you chase those fish away and you don't even realize it. The other thing we found is how many fish we actually missed. Um, and we had no idea on sonar, you know, you're ripping away, trying to get that fish's attention. He's sitting maybe three, four feet from the bait. He actually makes a swipe at the bait and you just pulled it out of his mouth. So that's another important thing that we see on the camera that we don't see on sonar. You never realize that in a sonar situation that the fish actually made a swipe at your bait and you didn't see it. So being able to watch them um, and watch how they react to the bait. You know, I think we all tend to fall into that category where, you know, we're, we're jigging away and all of a sudden we see a mark on our sonar, right? So we start doing different things and we start raising the bait, doing things to attract their attention. Well, um, Dale Strohshine, a friend of mine, former tournament angler and, and a guide over on Green Bay said, you know, you gotta dance with the one that brought you. If ripping the jig was what brought them in, stay with it. If it was just, you know, slight lifts and so on, resist that temptation or resist that urge to change. And, um, you know, it really has proven true watching this on camera because, you know, we, we want to resist that urge to change what we're doing. But when you watch how they react, um, they really react accordingly. Yeah, when we just listen to what you said, it almost makes me say, I'm just going to buy a camera. I'm only going to fish with that. I'm not going to use my sonar. So what are some, some weaknesses of the camera that, that the sonar can do better than, than what the camera can do? Well, um, and for me, I fish with both, to be perfectly honest. I have my sonar down and my camera down at the same time. The biggest difference with the camera is it, it's single direction. 
So unless you're constantly panning the camera, um, it, it's tough to get multi-directional. So what I typically do is I have, you know, my Markham um, LX or MX series down and I use a 20 degree cone to get the widest look that I can look in the water column so I can see 360 degrees around the hole. And then again, I'll set the camera back facing my bait so that as fish approach the bait, then I can see what they're doing and how they're reacting to it and so on. So for me, it's sonar and camera both. I don't ever go with just one or the other. You talked about a little bit earlier about how you deploy the camera in, in your fish house. But when you're fishing in your, your portable, how do you set up things in there? How do you have everything set up so you're, you're using your camera to the best of its ability? Typically in the portable, what I'll do is um, sometimes have to set the camera, frankly, outside, uh, or at least the hole that the camera goes down to get it back far enough to see the widest view possible. So the camera itself and, and the Markham Quest unit sits right next to my sonar in the house, but sometimes that cord will actually reach outside. Now, the other setup I use is the new Markham pursuit with the LX or MX series. I basically put the pursuit on an arm so it is right next to my sonar screen. So I've got sonar and camera side by side. Probably a little better application for maybe running and gunning or a little more portable application. But um, otherwise I quest it's right next to it and I just move my eyes back and forth from my sonar to my quest screen and so on. Very cool. Is there a, a situation that the camera is really good at and conversely is there's a situation where you're like, ah, today's not the day to fish with the camera? Right. Um, I'm glad you asked that because it doesn't necessarily always apply in every application. Um, walleye, I, I love to use it because they're primarily in that lower couple feet in the water column. Uh, perch, I've learned a ton about perch fishing by deploying the camera. Um, a couple things, and, and it relates to walleyes as well. One of the things that stands out with me, perch are a very curious fish. And one of the things I found watching them on camera is when you drop that bait down to the bottom, typically I'll bounce my bait in the sand and kind of create a little bit of a dust storm, if you will, and then I'll start jigging. And what that does, I think, is attract the attention of perch. And you know what? I've been doing that same strategy now for walleyes as well. There's something about creating that dust storm on the bottom that I think may um, emulate other fish feeding. And I think those walleyes come in, they're real curious about that. Um, in situations where it maybe doesn't work so well, crappies. Um, you know, crappies can typically be in the water column anywhere from 10 feet off to 20 feet off and so on. Um, I've used the camera pointing down in that situation. There's a, a little um, wedge on the back of the camera itself so that you can turn and hook the cord in that and point straight down. That has been beneficial. But by and large, you're not going to want to use the camera in a horizontal position with crappies just simply because you can't cover enough water column there to really see what they're doing. So in that situation, I'll look vertical and look down on the bait. Very cool. There's something about ice fishing with underwater camera that you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about today. Well, um, one of the things, you know, white fishing has become very popular, uh, especially on the Bay of Green Bay, Larson's Reef, some of those areas, and other areas around the Midwest. Um, I did an experiment last year. We were white fishing on the Bay of Green Bay, and I don't know if you've ever fished whitefish, but typically you're fishing in sometimes 50, 60, even 75 feet of water, uh, and up to 100 feet of water. And what tends to happen, you know, whitefish are bottom feeding fish. So what they do is they tend to pin the bait to the bottom. 
Now they're feeding primarily on gobies. So we typically use a goby pattern when we're, we're fishing that storm makes a, a new goby bait uh, or even any plastic that looks like a goby. But when you watch them on camera, they'll come in and they'll kind of nose down and they'll pin that bait to the bottom and then immediately release. And by the time that gets up to your pole up the line, a lot of times fishermen miss that because you, you can't feel it quick enough in that deep of water. So I tried an experiment. I put the camera down, took my sonar out. So in this case, I was only using the camera, set it down, and I'd watch those fish. So I'd be ripping my bait away, pounding on the zebra mussels, stirring it up, getting that attention. And then when those white fish would come in, I'd take the bait right down to the bottom and I'd just quiver like one of those gobies would. And those gobies, when they see the white fish coming, they kind of hide in those zebra mussels. So I was emulating what the goby did. I took it right down the zebra mussels and I just kind of let it twitch. Those whitefish would come over the top, they'd nose down. As soon as I'd see their gill flare where they sucked it in, then I'd set the hook. And I went 10 for 10 in about 10 minutes where everybody around me was swinging and not getting catching one fish here and there. So then we moved the camera after I caught my 10 to another fishing partner and he immediately got his 10 right there. So in that case, watching the camera made all the difference. That's awesome, Kurt. Tell me a little bit about your show, Outdoor Bound TV. What's it all about? Where can people find it? Uh, we air each weekend on ABC and the CW here in the Midwest. Check your local listings, primarily um, 6.30, 7 o'clock on Saturday mornings and 10, 10.30, 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Or you can always catch it. We do have a YouTube channel. It's Outdoor Bound TV YouTube channel. You can log in any time there and see any of the past 200 episodes that are out there. Um, we primarily follow the calendar year. So uh, we just switched into our ice series for this year. So you'll find all ice series now through about mid-March. Uh, Mid-March, then we start with our open water and some of our international destinations. And then July 1, we start with our hunting shows. So uh, you can catch it every weekend. We air 52 weeks. If you're in Canada, you can catch it on Wild TV four times each week as well. Yeah, you do a lot of filming up in Canada and with COVID and the, and the border. How is that kind of monkey wrench into what you guys do? Because I know you do a lot of filming and you're all over the place, but uh, not getting into Canada has got to be a, a big a big problem for you this year. It really has. Uh, it started back in March, actually. We were scheduled to, uh, believe it or not, to do a Cape Buffalo hunt in Africa with the bow. And um, that was our first trip that, that ended up having to be canceled. In fact, one of our pros, Mike Gate, was already on site there in Africa getting ready for the trip. We weren't able to travel. Uh, we also lost our New Zealand trips in April. Um, but now when we've come back, you know, basically this summer and even this fall, we have not been able to travel to Canada at all. And, um, you know, it's, it's a shame because that's one of my favorite places to fish, no doubt about it. And uh, as of right now, the border closure has been extended through the 21st of November. Um, they are hinting that it's probably going to be extended again. That's not going to open there, um, which bummed me out because I ice fishing, I love being in Canada ice fishing. But, you know, on the positive side, we've found some great destinations here in the Midwest that we may have overlooked in the past or places that we typically have haven't gone. Um, same with our hunting. We're just finishing up a lot of our hunting filming for this year. And, um, you know, it's been entirely here in the U.S. And we've looked in some nooks and crannies that maybe we haven't looked in before and found some pretty good stuff. What are kind of some destination places that maybe you didn't go to before that's on your radar now and some places that you think uh, might be a cool place for somebody to take their fish house to this winter? 
Well, you know, we typically every year will hit some of the more popular fisheries, the green bays, you know, Bay Danak will go to Devil's Lake. I love going to Devil's Lake. That's one of a favorite place of mine. But this uh, winter, we've got a few new ones on the schedule. We're going to be visiting Fort Peck for the first time. Uh, I've, I've wanted to get out there for a couple of years. So we put that arrangement in place to go out and fish Lake Trout in Fort Peck. Uh, we actually have a couple different lakes in South Dakota. We're going to be doing some uh, some trout filming there as well. Uh, rainbow trout, brook trout, and again, lake trout. Um, some of our northern Iowa areas, Spirit Lake, Iowa, I know is a very popular destination, but there's a ton of small lakes in northern Iowa too that really boast some fantastic fishing. So we're going to be hitting some of those destinations. We're also looking forward to heading to the UP of Michigan this winter. So a lot of other destinations that we probably haven't traveled to in, in the past that we're looking forward to bringing to the viewers this year. Very cool, Chris. Thanks so much for coming on the show. You told us a little bit about where to find your show, but if we want to find you on social media, check out what you got going on. Where can they find you? Uh, you can Facebook, Outdoor Bound TV, or Instagram. Follow along. Uh, we always put real-time updates of where we're filming, what we're doing. So if you want to know where the fish are biting or where we're at, uh, just you know, check us out on Facebook or on Instagram and check and see what we're doing this minute. Awesome. Kurt Wallbeck from Outdoor Bound TV. Thanks so much for joining the show. Hey, Chris, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.